Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. So last week we talked about being reborn. Remember that, that, that humans can't fly in the natural, right? But in the spirit we can. So God has given us supernatural strength to be able to fly. Now, obviously not physically unless, you know, I don't know, you might have to pray and fast for that one. But, but that we are able to soar in life. And we're, we're looking at Isaiah again this morning. I want to kind of piggyback off where we were at last week. If we finish up with Isaiah 40, which, you know, everybody, you think flight, if you're familiar with the scripture you think Isaiah 40. And uh, so we're going to pick up where we left off last week from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Have you not heard? Have you not understood? Do you get it? Right? That's what he would say today. Do you not get it? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak, weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. In other words, no one can measure God's wisdom. It's infinitely deep. Look here in verse 29. He gives power, everybody say power, to the weak and strength. Everybody say strength, strength. to the powerless. How many of you have ever felt weak? How many of you have ever felt powerless? Well, Scripture says here, that he'll give power to the weak, that he gives strength to the powerless. So if you're feeling powerless and you're feeling weak, you're in a good place. He says this, even youths, youths, which is weird to say that, youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall into exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. We talked about last week about the new birth, to be born into supernatural strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. I love how Isaiah refers to our life, not just as eagles, but he, he talks about eagles and how we'll be able to fly like an eagle. Look, we'll be able to soar high like an eagle. What, did, what is that? Well, you got to understand something. People couldn't get on, a, on board an airplane in Isaiah's day. So something like an eagle being able to fly is very supernatural in those days. And scripture says this, that we will mount up with wings like eagles. In other words, we will soar above all the difficulties, all the weakness, all the things that would drain us. And this is what he says. He, he breaks into some very real things. He talks about running and he talks about walking. Now, all of us in life are walking and running, right? You're doing this walk of life, right? And there are seasons of life where you're walking and you've got a good pace and you're steady and just moving along. And there's other seasons where you're running. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all like running more than walking? Anybody else? I, I like running more than walking. How many of y'all like walking more than running? However, we will all go through seasons where we run and we go through seasons where we walk. And so the natural process for us as people is to get tired. It's to get weary when we're walking. Listen, life is draining. It's got ups and downs and, you know, you got to wake up on Monday. You can't stay in bed. You know, you got to show up for church on Sunday. You know, even when it's cold outside, right? So life naturally is a drain on us. Let me tell you what's more draining 
than walking and running. Sitting on your couch doing nothing. That's more draining. And this is what he says. It might not be for one day, but you, you guys know how it is when you go on vacation and you're like exhausted after the end of vacation. You need a vacation for vacation. So we all have these seasons, these seasons that, that, that provoke a weariness in us. They make us tired. We feel like fainting. Have you ever been there where you just, man, life is just tough and you're just like, man, I don't know if I had the strength to make it through today. I mean, you've ever thought that or felt that. Or, man, I can't deal with this any longer. I'm growing tired. I'm tired of this. I'm wore out. I'm give out. And what the problem is, is when we get wore out and we get tired, then we get discouraged. And then we end up getting depressed. In fact, I, I read uh, this uh, last night that 25 million Americans suffer with depression. I'm not okay with that. I am not okay with 25 million people suffering from depression. I'm not okay with that. And I don't think God's okay with that either. I think he has the solution for the drain. I think he has a solution for the strength that grows weary. It's natural. It happens. But I believe God promises something else. And how many know that there's a difference between getting tired and living tired? Come on. We all get, we, we, we all get, you know, we, I mean, God, God gave us a Sabbath for a reason, right? And if you're not keeping a Sabbath, you don't take a day where you just, where you're just on down mode, then you need to find one because God didn't create the Sabbath. God didn't create you for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for you, Jesus said. And so we need to take advantage of what God has provided for us and learn this thing called rest. But I will tell you this, that strength is not developed in taking a day off. Strength that is developed in trust. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. A lot of people have a hard time having the strength to make it through life. And there are times when we feel like maybe you've been like this. I've been like this before where you're thinking, man, if I can just make it through the next five minutes, I'll be good. If I can just increment my life enough, if I can just make it to the end of the day, get home, put on my basketball shorts and tank top and sit on the couch for the rest of the day, I will be good. But beloved, There is more to life than this. It's time that we mount up with the strength of an eagle, that we rise up with this supernatural strength because what we see, beloved, listen, what we see in the scriptures here is that we will run and not grow weary, that we will walk and not faint, that you will live this life and not tire, that you won't burn out. I I hate that term. I I hate when people say, I'm burned out, I'm burned out. I've been serving Jesus Listen, for over 20 years, I've never burned out. I've been discouraged. I've been disappointed. I've been heartbreak. I've been, I've been, you know, I would say borderline depressed. You know, you have a, people have a bad day and they're like, I'm so depressed. Well, you might want to be careful with that word, not speak that into your life. But I've been there. I've had rough seasons, but I've never burned out because I have an eternal flame inside of me that never goes out. And so if, if you burn out, it's not God's fault. And it's nobody else's fault. You've got to keep the fire burner. Okay. So we have this supernatural strength. So the natural process, tired when you walk, tired when you run, exhausted, fainting. But Isaiah says, we run and not grow weary. We walk and we don't faint. What is he talking about? He's talking about strength. And we all need 
supernatural strength in our lives. If we're going to accomplish supernatural things in this, on this earth, then we will need to draw from supernatural power. Listen, you cannot accomplish in the spiritual what you can attain in the natural. Other words, quit trying to force your way and to see God's hand move. If you want to see spiritual results, then you have to do spiritual disciplines. Right? Well, I'm, I'm just discouraged. How much time have you been in the word today? How much time have you been praying? How much time have you been in fellowship with other Christians, brothers and sisters? I'm just discouraged. I feel disconnected. I feel, I feel, I feel. Well, what are you doing to strengthen yourself in the Lord? Okay. So when we see this mount up with, with wings as eagles, when we look at, at eagles throughout scriptures, eagles are always an image of strength. Even, even today, when we talk about eagles, we, we look at them, we're like, man, they're a, they're a strong animal. They're, they're powerful. There's videos on YouTube, and I, I don't know if they're true or not. Some people say they're not, but of eagles carrying like goats. You know, they'll like swoop down and grab a goat and like fly off with a goat. And it's crazy how much, how much strength, not just in this, you know, maybe a 30-pound eagle, a real heavy one, but how much strength, not is it just to be able to grab something that's bigger than it, but able to fly and use its wings to get it there. Why? Because flying things, their strength is always found in their wings. Isn't it interesting that everything that we know of that flies has wings? Everything. You can't fly without wings. So eagles are known for these, you know, even a, even a, a normal size eagle will have a wingspan of like six feet. So he's got these strong, these strong wings and, and the strength of flight. Listen, the strength of flight is determined how strong those wings are. And um, the purpose, we talked about this last week. We got that slide. The purpose of, of uh, I had a, an airplane somewhere and somebody took it away from me. Oh, okay. So we talked about this last week. So you have lift, right? Gravity. So you got to have lift. You have weight, right? This is Newton's first law. So you have weight, right? So you got to have lift. And then you have drag. So you got to have thrust. So in order to fly, all those things got to be, those two things have to be in motion. Because the, the one, drag's already there. Weight is already there. All you have to do to know that they're there is just try to fly. So you got to have lift and you got to have thrust. Well, wings on airplanes, in fact, it takes two years, about two years for them to engineer wings if they're starting from scratch. It takes about two years to specifically design these aircraft so that they can fly on these wings. The strength of a plane. The only way you can knock a plane out of the sky is to break its wings off. And that's not going to happen. Say, well, the engine fails and the engine is not going to fall. I mean, even if the engine falls the plane will still soar through the sky because it still has wings on it. And so the only thing that can cause a plane and its wings to fall off would be poor maintenance of a plane. The only way that you're going to fall out of the sky and what God has called you to do, the only way you're going to fall and crash is if you let your wings fall off. That's the only way. Then it's just like, Right? I mean, try to fly that. That ain't gonna work. Right? I'm probably gonna have to put that together in a minute. Check this out. Psalms, <laughs> maintenance. Psalms 84, verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns. 
So the psalmist is saying here, he's like, man, I, I'm wore out. I'm give out. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm longing for something. I'm desperate. My soul yearns, even faints in the court of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell. Everybody say dwell. dwell. That means live. It doesn't mean visit. Right? How I many you know that when we sing that song, I've made a place for you here? What we're saying is we're saying, we're not just saying this room, we've made a place for you here when we worship. We're saying I've made a place for you here. I've made a place in my life. I've made room for you, Jesus, to come and make your dwelling here. Not just to visit me, but to inhabit me, to live here. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Salah. Verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on a pilgrimage. Now, a pilgrimage to the Jewish uh, people at that time, they would have these feasts that they would go to four times a year. So when he, when he speaks of pilgrimages, he's talking about going and worshiping God, going and giving God something, kind of like what you do every week, right? When you come on a Sunday. And so they would have, they would all go to Jerusalem and they would have these big festivals and parties. So that's what he's talking about here. As they pass through the Valley of Baca, they make it, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains cover it with pools. And this is what it says in verse seven. Listen, all this is rooted in the presence of God. Are you getting this? The place to dwell, going to worship, going to adore, because used to, you had to go to worship, right? Now you can worship wherever you're at. Now your life is a worship. Now your moment is a worship. Now your car is a worship room, right? Now your closet's a throne room, right? So this is what he says about those who make the presence the priority, they go from strength to strength. What does that sound like? It sounds like somebody that doesn't grow weary. I, I was talking to Noah this week. I, I've been going to the gym for a year now, and I've been trying to pump a little. I've mostly wor- been working on cardio, but I've been trying to, you know, pump a little iron so, you know, my wife's more attracted to me. And so <laughs> I, I got stuck on my weight. I got stuck. Like I was, my, the weight that I was doing wasn't going up. So I called Noah because, you know, he's, he knows all about that stuff. And I was like, what's going on? And he told me a whole bunch of stuff that, that I, I didn't want to know. <laughs> and then he said, listen, you just, you've got, you've got to mix it up. You've got to do some things to grow in your strength. And so, but, but this is what I notice is that when I go to the gym and I like, I, I work out, like I'm doing bench press or something, I don't get stronger with each set. I get weaker right? So the first set, I might be able to do like 10. And the next one, I can only do like eight. And the next one, six and four. And then I can't do any more. Why? Because you get weaker because you're using your muscles. For us in the kingdom, we don't grow weak. We go strong. You grow stronger in Jesus. You don't grow weaker. And so this is a frustration for me. Whenever I came into the kingdom over 20 years ago, whenever I, when I came to Jesus in 1993, there were all these people that would tell me, they'd be like, oh, you'll calm down one day. Other words, your fire will get weaker. You won't always be this zealous. I wish they could see me now because I'm, I believe that I'm more passionate for Jesus than I've ever been. Because I'm, I'm learning and I'm not perfect. I, I need Jesus. I realize more, I realize now after being him in 20 years that I need him more than I did when I was 18. It's strength to strength. 
So we don't grow weaker, beloved. We grow stronger, strength to strength. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, going strength to strength. The first thing about strength is this. You ready? How many of you want to get stronger? Strength to strength. You all right? First of all, strength is not stiff. Right? We think strong is, he's a, he's a strong man. She's a strong woman. Other words, what we mean is like they're stiff, right, normally? But in the kingdom, we don't equate strength to stiffness. In fact, stiffness is weakness in the kingdom. Uh, a plane, if you look at a plane's wings, um, I had a plane, but I tore it up. If you look at a, a 747's plane's wings, whenever they will test it, they put it under these, uh, these they put it in a machine, they like, kind of strap it down this huge, you know, you can imagine strapping down a plane, I mean, that must take several weeks. They strap it down and they bend the wings. If you've ever been in turbulence before on a plane and you look outside, you can see the, the wings are moving. You would look and say, those wings don't look very strong, but listen, their strength is found in their flexibility. Because they're flexible, they're able to give more lift. Did you know that you can take a, 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 one of those 747's wings and you can lift them up to 25 feet from where they're at? 25 feet bend before they break. They're incredibly flexible. So listen, don't equate strength with hardness. Hardness is weakness, not strength. Uh, and let me say this. Tenderness is greater than toughness. I would rather be naive and people consider me stupid than for me to be hard and have all the answers. Meekness. Tenderness. We equate strength with being jaded and rigid, right? Oh, it's strong. Are you, would you rather be jaded and rigid or vulnerable and flexible? Tender, moldable, pliable. Can I tell you this morning, you can be resilient and tender because we want to be resilient, but we don't want to be tough. Are you with me? You want to be able to go through, you want to be able to win some battles and endure some battles. Come on. But you don't want to be tough. You don't want to be jaded. You don't want to be burned at the end of the battle. So strength is not stiff. Number two, Strength is not defined by a moment. See, I might have a good day at the gym. I might be able to go in. And in fact, a couple of weeks ago, like I, I work out. I, I'm definitely not bragging. You'll know when I tell you the weight. I, I, I've been working out with like 60 pounds on my curls, right? So, you know, it's pretty lame for a guy that's six foot two and over 200 pounds. I know. Just give me some grace. And so, give me some tenderness. And so here I was, and one day I went and I grabbed the 70, and I was able to get like eight reps on it. I was like, dang. Well, this past week on Friday, I went and grabbed the 70, and I couldn't even get one. Because I'm not that strong, although that day I was. So my strength, listen, my strength is not defined by a moment. Listen, your moments of strength don't define you any more than your moments of weakness. Can I tell you today? You will probably have moments of weakness. I will have moments of weakness. We will blow it at times. But our strength is not defined by a moment. Our strength is defined by the endurance of our life. I'm not going to look at your bad moment and say, see, they're weak because they screwed up one time. Right? 
Ian and I had this conversation last week. He came up to me after service, and he said, uh, he said you know, if a plane's engine, you know, you see on these movies, a plane engine goes out, the plane falls. He's like, but that's actually not true. And I was like, yeah, that is true. You know, the, and that's how gliders are. You know, gliders don't even have an engine, yet they're able to fly. They have to get an engine up to get up there, but once they're released, they can just fly and fly and fly. Listen, it's the same way with us. Our engine may go out, but that doesn't mean that we don't have any strength in us still. It doesn't mean the engine can't kick back on. You're not going to fall to the ground because of one moment. You're not going to crash because, oh my gosh, the engine quit working. Understand that God is patient with you and he's kind and he's tender to you and he wants to sustain you. He wants, he wants you to be able to soar. He wants you to be able to fly. So don't define, listen, do not define your spirituality by your moment of being carnal. What I'm trying to say is, take it easy on yourself. Now, if you've got a pattern, let's talk about it. Come on. If you've got a pattern, let's talk about it. If you've got some sin patterns in your life, let's deal with it. But if you screwed up, you had a bad day, or you had a bad moment, or you opened an email, don't think that you're a failure because you had one moment. But safeguard yourself so that moment doesn't turn into another moment and another moment and turn into a habit. Y'all okay? Number three, strength. Strength comes from grace. That's where strength comes from. See, the strength for the believer isn't earned, it's given. Strength for the believer isn't earned or it's given. It can be maintained. 2 Timothy 2.1 says this. Uh, Paul is speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he says, be strong in the grace. In Ephesians 6, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong in his strength. See, grace might also be defined as supernatural strength. Right? We talk about Grace is God's unmerited favor. It may also be described as supernatural strength. I need grace for the moment. I need grace for the meeting I'm about to walk into. We say things like that. What what are we saying? We're saying, I need supernatural strength. I need a supernatural intervention in that moment because we realize that strength comes from grace. Muscles, listen, muscles grow by being stretched and, you know, busted open and then filled up with protein. That's how we, we, we build the strength, our physical strength. But listen, supernatural strength grows by how dependent upon God's grace are we. How dependent are you upon God's grace? Can you do everything that you're doing now? Whose strength are you depending on? For some reason, we equate spiritual strength with never going through any trials. Listen, if you never go through any trials, if you never go through any difficulties, there's nothing to prove that you're strong. Those are the things that actually strengthen you because those are the moments, those are the times that we learn to depend on God. Those are the moments, when it's hard, when it's frustrating, when there's people on you, when when it's just difficult and you just got to endure Those are the moments where strength is developed because those are the moments when you've got to depend on the grace of God. You okay? Number four, strength is perfected in weakness. That seems kind of backwards. Strength is perfected 
in weakness. The Greek word could be exchanged there for fulfilled. Strength is fulfilled in our weakness. Everybody say in. So strength is fulfilled in your weakness. We always want strength from our weakness. Don't we? I don't don't want to do that. God, get me out of here. And he's going, no, I want you to learn my strength. I'll give you strength for it. I want strength out of the difficulty. I want you to have strength for it. That's no fun. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a, a, a scripture that a lot of people have wrestled with over the years, talking about difficulties and trials. And I, I want to break it down for you. Listen, to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing great revelations. In other words, Paul's saying, listen, I've got a lot of revelation. I mean, God's really revealed a lot of things to me. So I don't get conceited in order that I don't get conceited or, or big headed or whatever. There was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger. Everybody say messenger of Satan to torment me. But he said to me, because he he said, well, here he is, verse eight, three times I asked the Lord, take it away from me. Take the thorn out of my flesh. Take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. Where do we get strength from? Grace. My grace is sufficient for you. My power, everybody say his power. My power or my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about all my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. Here it goes. In insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How are you strong if you're weak? Because in your weakness, he's made strong. Now, understand something. I want to break down two things. First, I want to talk about the thorn, and then I want to talk about the weakness. Number one, the thorn is this. Many people will say, oh, Paul was sick. Like, you'll start saying, man, God wants us to be healed. God wants us to be set free. And people go, what about Paul's thorn in his flesh? Well, first of all, the thorn in his flesh, we know, was a messenger. Everybody say messenger. So most theologians, I'm included in this camp, believe that that messenger was an actual person. And then that is cued by verse 10 right here. It says insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties. That doesn't sound like sickness. That sounds like something a human would do to another human. So the weakness that Paul is dealing with here is he's saying, listen, this person's hurling insults at me. They're making it hard for me to follow God. They won't go away. I've asked God for them to go away. They won't go away. They keep showing up. Every time I show up, there they are. Insults, difficulties, persecuting, all these things. And I asked God to take it away, but he didn't. Listen, he is not talking about sickness here. He is not talking about a a physical deformity. Why would Jesus permit something that was abolished at the cross to teach you a lesson? That sounds very backwards spiritually. A messenger of Satan, a troublesome antagonist that was making Paul weak. Have you ever had anything that would just, or a person that just antagonized you? Come on. I know you unfollowed him on Facebook. 
Right? And it's just training. Come on. Now, we need to love people. We need to be tender with people. Maybe that's why the Lord didn't take it away. Because the Lord wanted Paul to learn to love this person. That's kind of what I think. But have you ever had something that's just wearing you out? It's a job situation or tension with the way a system is or even, even something like a political issue. Things that just wear you down. That makes it difficult for you. That makes it difficult for you to be strong. Now understand, Paul, when Paul's talking about weakness here, he's not talking about a sin. I've heard people use this scripture before, especially young Christians. They'll, they'll go, they'll, they'll screw up and they'll sin and they'll go, his grace is made perfect in my weakness. Paul is not talking about sinning. Paul is talking about the way that he feels because insults and all this stuff is coming out of him. He is not talking about behavior issues. He's talking about endurance and feeling weak, trying to press through and, and, and experience his victory in God. Listen, grace frees us from the power uh, of sin, not to wink at sin. So don't think that Paul's talking about sin. It, it says this in uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 12. It says, the grace of God has been given that we should say no to ungodliness. So grace, grace doesn't weak at your sin. Grace empowers you to overcome it. That's what we do. We, we, we mess up and we go, oh, it's grace, grace, grace. Well, the grace, what you needed is grace before you sinned. You're asking for grace after you sin. Yes, you need that too. But if you would have had the grace before you sinned, you wouldn't have done it. Right? So he's not talking about sin, but he's talking about the weakness. He's talking about feeling robbed of courage. He's talking about being tired. He's talking about being drained. He's talking about being faint. I would like to, like to read this version this way. His strength is fulfilled when adversity makes us weak. His strength is made perfect in weakness. His strength is fulfilled when adversity makes us weak. Because this is what happens. We go through adversity and what do we do? What do we do? We cry out to God. Now, some people will just get on Facebook and vent about it or go talk to somebody about it, but they don't get, what are they, what are they doing? They're doing things in their strength. And they wonder why they just keep dealing with all this battle over and over again. Well, if you would go to God when you feel antagonized, Whenever you, when the adversity is coming, if you would go to God, you would find his strength in your weakness. You would find his strength where you are fainting. You would find his strength where you don't have the power to go on. Like, man, I can't deal with this anymore. And God's going, okay, bring it to me. That's exactly what he wants. Listen, this is why, this is why complaining this is why bickering, I mean, you look through the, through the scripture about complaining, about whining, these are big deals to God. Because when we do that, what we're doing is we're trying to say, I'm trying to do something in the natural to deal with how I'm feeling inside. God's saying, if you'll set your gaze and your praise and your trust in me, you'll find strength through this, in this. Because many times we're asking for God to deliver us and eliminate from, from our life. And God's going, I want you to grow up and I want you to be strong in that. I want, you to, I want you to trust me in that and experience my grace in that to get through it. And you'll find that there's actually some jewels here. Instead, we want deliverance and we want to take the short path. And so a lot of people at that point give up on God. 
It's not power out of it. It's not power from it. It's power in it. His strength is made perfect in the midst of your weakness. In the midst of your drained composure. I'm wore out. And he's going, I want to be strong for you. Will you trust my grace? Is grace enough? You okay? Even in the midst of adversity, the situation might not be okay. It might not be getting better. It may appear to be getting worse, but we are okay. But we are okay because the Lord is the strength of his people. Everybody say that. The Lord is the strength of his people. That'd be a good, a good verse for you to put on, your, on your, uh, your mirror in your bathroom. That'd be a great verse. The Lord is the strength of my people. You're not the strength of his people. The Lord is the strength of your people. I know you're trying to muscle through. But the Lord is the strength of his people. The moment when we can admit that our strength is insufficient is the moment we begin to see his strength displayed. That's when it happens. Can I tell you today that the weakest moments of my life were also the strongest? Can I tell you the greatest things that have ever happened to me were in the midst of the hardest? Because those are the moments that I trusted most. Those are the moments when I experienced grace. Those were the moments. Let me just encourage you, develop some history with God. Have some of these moments. Have some of these stories. Develop that spiritual strength that you're saying, man, the Lord is the strength of my people. I know it was God because there was no way I could have done it. There was no way Josh Brown could have done it. But God, but the grace of God, but the grace of God. Um, years ago in uh, 2010, I say years ago now, it's crazy. It feels like it was yesterday. In 2010, I'd been serving in a, in a position for 11 years at a job. Many of y'all have heard this story. And, uh, you know, thought I would be there forever. Like all, all this idealistic things were in my mind and our heart and our vision. I mean, our, our whole life was wrapped up in this position. And they just through some tension that I, that I actually caused uh, and, and some frustration that I actually caused, I ended up in a really bad predicament and I ended up getting fired. And I didn't do anything immoral like sleep with another woman or anything like that. But, I, but I, there were some sin issues and, and some, some foolish things that I'd done that kind of set it up. But we, everything was right. Leslie and I were having a, some difficulties in our marriage and every, everything was right. Everything was going good. And then at the job that I've been at for 11 years, I got fired. I think I got like uh, two weeks severance. A place that I poured my life in for 11 years. It was, it was looking back, it was, it was one of the most difficult seasons of my life. So Leslie and I, we, you know, Leslie was a stay-at-home mom at that, t- mom at that time, like she's always been. And, uh, and so I was like, man, I, I got to provide for my family. We were trying to figure out what we were going to do. We were going to take another youth pastor position. Where we, where we, we knew we were called the pastor, but we didn't feel like we were ready, especially through the difficult season that we were in. And so I started working at Super Target. 
at night. And the reason why is because I didn't want anybody to see me. I mean, I could have got a job working during the day and it would have been a little bit more convenient, but I was, I was just so full of shame because I didn't, I didn't want to dishonor people from the answers I would give. I just thought, man, if I go work at night, nobody will see me. I won't have to answer any questions. And so I started working at Super Target at, at the night shift. Now, if you've ever worked a night shift before, you know that that's, that's, that's not a fun thing to do unless you've always worked a night shift. It's just, it's just weird. And so one night... I worked there, ended up working there for a couple months. And uh, one night, I got in my car. It was, I think, like 6 o'clock in the morning or something. And I, was, I, I drove home. I had this little car, and I, and I drove home. And I, I sat down. I just sat there in my car, in my driveway. And I just began to weep because I was heartbroken. I, was, I mean, I was working at Super Target. You know, it's like the late 30s. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Why? I'm such a failure. And there was this these, uh, band that was a friend, some friends of ours, they had this song. And the song was called Best in Me. And I remember I was sitting in my, in my driveway, Leslie's inside of sleep, and I was just sitting there and I hear the song. And the song says this, it says, just settle down. This storm won't last forever. We're built for more than this world. I'm not that strong. Honestly, I'm not. But you always see the best in me. And I heard those lyrics. I just felt the presence of God come in. And I remember crying out to God and saying, God, I'm not this strong. I can't do this. And I can tell you, in that moment, I experienced such a supernatural grace because I was able to be vulnerable for that moment. And I just said, God, I'm not that strong. And he was like, I know. I know you're not that strong, son. So let my grace be strong for you. Let what I did be enough for you. And guess what? I did? The next day I didn't get a new job. I mean, it was still a couple months later. God still had to work some things out. But I found strength for the moment. Looking back, I was one of the most, I was just embarrassed and humiliated. One of the most troubling seasons in my life, just confused and frustrated and tension. But I found God's strength. And now I got a story. And now I got some history. And it wasn't fun. And I wouldn't want to go through it again. But what I learned is that, that when he, that's when he's strong. I find my strength when I can get before God and go, God, I'm so weak. I'm so weak. The moment we can admit our strength is insufficient is the moment we begin to see his strength displayed. And so, man, I put my big boy pants on. I was like, I'm the pastor of Super Target. <laughs> right? So, this is what God called me to forever, but this is where I'm at right now. And so I started loving all my coworkers. I actually ended up enjoying the job when I left. I was like, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, you know. I'm not that strong, Pastor. I know. But he is. And if you can say I'm weak, he can say I'm strong. Number five. Trust activates supernatural strength. And that's really what this whole passage, Isaiah 40, is about. Isaiah 40, 31. 
Those who hope in the Lord. In other words, those that trust him, that make the Lord their trust. He'll give them that supernatural strength. They'll be able to run and never, never get tired. They'll be able to walk and not grow weary. They'll have a supernatural strength. They'll be like they're, like they're an eagle and they're flying through life, soaring. Listen, let me say this. You don't earn grace. You trust it. You don't earn grace. You trust it. Do you trust it? Those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. When you're feeling that drag, trust will be your thrust. When you feel that drag, your trust will be your thrust. We are strengthened when we rest in his strength and what Jesus has done and his affections towards us. Listen, the greatest weakness you will ever have, the greatest weakness you will ever have will be when you rely on your own strength. That'll be the greatest weakness. The greatest weakness when we go through a difficulty, when we go through a tragedy, when we go through a trial, our greatest weakness whenever, whenever we'll go, no, nah, I don't want to tell anybody. I got this. That's exactly what the devil wants to do is he wants to render you powerless. So they'll tell you, don't, don't tell anybody. That'll be so embarrassing. I'm on a detail. Don't tell anybody that. Your secrets keep you sick. Yeah. Your secrets will keep you sick. Will you trust him? Will you trust to do life the way that he's called? Because listen, if you will, if you will trust him, you will not be disappointed. If you trust him, you will see supernatural strength. Isn't it funny how we like find these people and we're like, oh, they're just so strong. Actually, maybe they're just really, really weak and they're the only ones who are willing to admit it.